This is Women of Grace Live, discussing issues important to your life and faith. Spiritual insight, practical wisdom. Join us as we transform the world one woman at a time. Women of Grace, for such a time as this. Now, here's your host, Johnette Williams. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Williams. Very happy to be with you today. We love spending this time with you Monday through Friday as we discuss issues of importance to your life and your faith. Always eager to hear from you here, so let me give you a telephone number to use. It is toll-free for you out there at EWTN Radio, uh, and that number is 833-288-EWTN. That's 833 833- 2883986 that is the toll free number right here on Catholic Radio uh, that's the way you can get here and share with us and we can have that holy conversation together also want to remind you that we're available for you at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page uh, just get out there to uh, those two locations you'll find a chat feature put in your question comment insight inspiration or word of encouragement we'll be very happy to receive it and we'll be very happy to get it up on the board and I'll be very happy to address it. All kinds of good things uh, going on uh, in uh, the, the, the world and the life of uh, our Catholic faith and uh, sometimes we are tempted to look at things that are happening out there uh, both within our faith and within the world and lose heart but God does not want us to lose heart. Uh, he reminds us uh, beautifully prior to his passion that we would have trouble in the world. He says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Isn't that wonderful? He has overcome it. And he calls for us to be overcomers too. And we love to do that. We certainly do. We love to talk about it. We love to uh, seek ways in which we can be that sign of contradiction in the world today and lead people into that great glorious virtue of hope. Uh, you do that with your calls here, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Also want to let you know uh, that uh, we've got all kinds of wonderful things that help you to keep that happy <laughs> framework, right? That hope-filled perspective on the world. I- I'd like for you to get out to our website, womenofgrace.com. We uh, do uh, have uh, all kinds of activities that are coming up. I'll tell you, we, we are very busy, <laughs> but I'm hoping, I'm hoping busy in a good way. And uh, I want to just draw your attention to a few things that are coming up. First of all, I want to let you know that next weekend, not this one coming up, not tomorrow, beginning tomorrow, but the weekend after that, February 16th, a week from tomorrow, I am going to be in State College, Pennsylvania, right there where the university, uh, Penn State University is located. I'm going to be at Our Lady of Victory Catholic Church for uh, a beautiful evening event on the 16th and a day event on the 19th, excuse me, on the 17th. So let's talk about this for a moment. We are going to be there, as I say, at Our Lady of Victory Catholic Church uh, on Friday evening, February 16th, that we're going to begin at 6.30 p.m. with the Stations of the Cross. And then at 7 o'clock, I will be addressing uh, those who come uh, on this topic, Thriving as Catholics in a Post-Truth World. Uh, This is open to men and women. It's open to anyone who would like to come and and to hear uh, some insights and thoughts about the situation that we face and confront in in this time in which we're living as Catholics, and maybe to gain some insights on how it is that we can do what we talked about right there at the beginning of the show, uh, how it is that we can be 
be those more than conquerors at this moment in the history of man, and really be those ones who help others to enter into that reality as well. Uh, I think it's going to be a very fascinating time together. I think that we're going to be looking at uh, uh, some key issues, but in light of those key issues, we're going to be finding the face of God in the midst of them. Uh, We will walk away, I hope, (laughs) with hope. (laughs) It is my plan and intention. Uh, And not only that, but with some tools that will equip us to move forward uh, with with the confidence that we should have in God's graciousness, his omniscience, and and the, the, the graces that are available to us at every moment, which, by the way, happen to be every spiritual blessing in the heavens. The evening will be followed by confession and adoration. What a beautiful, beautiful time that is going to be. I am looking forward to being with you in State College, Pennsylvania on February the 16th. That's Friday evening at Our Lady of Victory uh, Catholic Church. Going to be very delighted too to be with you the following day right there at the same location, Our Lady of Victory Catholic Church. It's a Catholic Women's Conference. Uh, we will start with Mass at 9 a.m. It's optional. I know some people can't get there at that time. That's okay, but Mass is going to happen, and you are welcome to come, and that would be just dandy. At 9.45 a.m., we'll have registration. Breakfast will also be given. Uh, in addition to that, there will be some welcome and introductions. I will begin to speak at 10.15 the first talk, Who is Woman? Our special call and mission in a challenging world, right? 10.15, the talk, Who is Woman? Our special call and mission in a challenging world. Uh, at 11.15, the uh, first talk is going to end, and I will take some questions from the audience there. Uh, we'll chit-chat about whatever those questions might entail. Uh, we will have a holy hour of Eucharistic adoration and recitation of the Holy Rosary at 12 noon. At 1 p.m., we're going to eat. Yay! We're going to have lunch. Uh, 1.45 p.m., uh, the second talk, executing the mission, right? So who is women? woman? First in the morning, our special call and mission, and then in the afternoon, uh, executing the mission, Steps to Success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S. Uh, we'll have uh, some discussion questions following that, too, at 2.45. Uh, talk, uh, and these discussion questions, you know, can be directed to me, but you'll also have some small group opportunities. And then I will uh, stay on to answer questions for you at 3.15. Uh, and we say farewell at 4 p.m. That entire itinerary is up on our website for you. So just get out there to, to uh, our website, womenofgrace.com and you can read about it. In addition to that, we have some wonderful things happening uh, following. Uh, on February the 19th, uh, we are going to have an online webinar, and that is going to be with Father Jordi Rivero. Many of you know Father Jordi. A lot of you do not, but we want you to get to know him. Father Jordi Rivero, a beautiful priest of God, uh, many times in the past was up here uh, at the network. Uh, Mother Angelica knew Father Jordi. We invite you to get to know him too. This beautiful online webinar is going to be a kickoff for a book study uh, that Sue Brinkman will be leading uh, on this book written by Blessed Conchita, Seasons of the Soul. Father Jordy will be talking with us about Blessed Conchita, taking us into her spirituality, uh, really beginning uh, to help us enter into this beautiful treatise on the seasons of the soul. So lovely. Not a big book. Uh, but boy, an impactful book. So we want you to join us for that beautiful evening that we will have with Father Jordi Rivero. That's Monday, February 19th from 7.30 p.m. until 9 o'clock 
p.m. Uh, lovely, lovely time. And that book study will be uh, following shortly thereafter. It's going to begin on March the 4th. So this is in preparation for that. Now, sandwiched in between February 19th and March 4th, an online webinar with Father Chris Alar. Dive into the Divine Mercy Image, a deep exploration. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful opportunity for you. Why do I tell you about all of these things? Because I want for you, with all of my heart, to live that abundant life of our Lord Jesus Christ and to share it with others. I want for you to know the treasures of our faith. I want for you to unpack the mysteries of grace that can be yours. I want you to find there the strength that you need to face any situation that comes your way, to face it uh, with the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, uh, facing it with the fullness that heaven has to offer us for every moment. So join us at any of these events or all of these events. We're looking forward to it. 833-288-EWTN. That is the way you can join us today. Have a question? Give us a call. We're here for you. The Women of Grace phone lines are open. 1-833-288-EWTN. 1-833-288-3986. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Johnette Williams, and I'm very delighted to be with you today. We're looking forward to hearing from you. I'm going to give you the toll-free number. It's 833-288-EWTN. That's toll-free for you right here in North America, 833-288-3986. Just pick up the phone and give us a call. Available for you, too, out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Simply use the chat feature and put in your question, comment, insight, inspiration, or word of encouragement. We'll be very delighted to retrieve it and get it up on the board. Michael McCall will be doing that business. We have Matthew Gubensky answering the phones, and we have Rich Jesse producing the program today. Always eager to hear from you. Uh, Tricia is with us. She is in Martinez, Georgia this morning, listening to us via St. Paul Radio. Tricia, how are you this morning? Hi, Jeanette. I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. Thank you for asking. Yes. Well, um, I'm having a really hard try, um, time with forgiveness. Um, three years ago, um, a little over three years ago, my husband divorced me because I came into the Catholic Church. Oh, my I goodness. I told him I was going to become Catholic, and he said, I'll divorce you, and he did. Um, that hurts, of course. But also because of that, um, we have a daughter named Sarah Beth who has severe autism, and I could not take care of her by myself. I tried to, and um, the divorce hurt her very badly. She became extremely violent and tried to hurt me badly. Um, so I had to. I I had a wonderful company who stepped up, and she's actually at a wonderful host home in Savannah, and mm-hmm. they found some medication that will help her. And she's doing great. So I'm very, very praise God for that joy. But he also, because he was a CPA, um, he taught me into using the same attorney. Long story short, he left me with almost nothing. So I really am struggling just to meet daily needs. So I really, you know, I've tried to forgive him. I just, I'm having a really hard time. I talked to my priest and I don't, I can't remember what he told me, but whatever it was, it did not work. Mm. Well, honey, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is when these kinds of um, injustices have been perpetrated against us, it leaves these deep wounds in our heart. And 
Surely these are deep wounds in your heart. Uh, first of all, because of the unacceptance by your husband of your faith, so much so that he divorces you and uh, takes away his participation in helping with your daughter. And then obviously there's that maternal pain that even though your daughter's doing better, that, that you um, had to place her in a home. Uh, and then, of course, now the fact that he orchestrated things, it seems, in such a fashion that you are left without very much. And I would say to you that in an instance like this, that forgiveness is a heroic virtue. But we, through the grace of our baptism, are called to practice heroic virtue. It's easy to forgive someone when the slight is not grievous, but when the affront is so deep uh, and, and, and painful to the quick, uh, then it takes a certain heroism of spirit to begin to forgive. So let's just talk about what forgiveness is not. And I think sometimes in realizing what forgiveness is not, it helps for us to uh, take off the um, chains that can bind us to that sin, which is what happens when we don't forgive. It holds us captive to the sin that was committed against us or to the affront or the hurt or the pain, the wound. Um, so forgiveness does not mean that things really didn't matter. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that there shouldn't be some kind of retribution for something that is is perpetrated against us. Um, it doesn't mean that everything is now okay and we can just swimmingly move along as if nothing had happened. Um, it doesn't mean that we feel forgiveness. And I think that this is the biggest misconception of all. Um, uh, no one is justified to remain unforgiving. Jesus gives us a mandate and he says, we must forgive. And what I sense in you is a deep desire to comply with that mandate of Jesus. I don't hear anything in you, Tricia, that says, I want to hold on to this misery. I don't hear that. What I hear is, is, is a heart that is crying out for how is it that I can do what it is that God calls me to do for my sake and really for the sake of the situation. And so understanding that those misconceptions can be impediments to moving forward in this desire of our heart can be helpful. Uh, I remember a, a moment in my life, <clears throat> and I've shared about this before on radio, but I remember a moment in my life where I was faced with the need to forgive. I, I felt that I had a right to hold on to my lack of forgiveness towards a certain individual who had harmed me. And uh, my very first spiritual director said to me, Jeanette, you have to forgive. And I said, Father, I don't want to forgive. I don't want to forgive. And he said, but Jesus says you must forgive. And I said, well, I don't want to. And he said, well, can you pray for the desire to forgive? I said, no. I have no desire to forgive. I don't want the desire to forgive. He said, well, how about praying for the desire to desire to forgive? No, Father. How about the desire to desire to desire to forgive? Which was when he had backed it up five desires, I felt like I could begin there. And every day I prayed, every day, this is what he had me do. I prayed for the desire to desire to desire to desire to desire to forgive. And an amazing thing began to happen in my heart. The Lord began to move me forward one desire at a time. And as he moved me forward one desire at a time, 
he began to reveal things to me in my spirit. He began to show me things. He began to help me to understand and perceive. And one of the things that he helped me to understand and perceive was why this person deserved my prayer, my intercession, and my compassion rather than my anger. And what he showed me and basically asked me was, would it be possible for someone who truly knew him, who truly knew Jesus, would it be possible for someone who truly knew him to have perpetrated the action against me that was perpetrated? And I thought about that for a moment in my time of prayer as the Lord put that question to me. And I said, no, Jesus, it wouldn't have been possible. He said, then clearly this person did not know me in that moment. And I would have you pray for this person that he might come to know me and ask for forgiveness for what he's done. Wow. Tricia, I cannot tell you what that did for me. And with those words, what the Lord did is he dilated my heart to such a degree that I could receive from him the love that he had for this person. And I was able to pray out of that reality of his love for him that he had given to me. And it was so freeing. I pray for this person still, perhaps not as consistently as I should, but I pray for this person still. I have no idea what's happened to this person. I have no idea if this person is alive or dead, but it certainly doesn't matter. The prayer will still be efficacious. And so I would recommend that. You're not, you are not, Uh, What is the word that I want to use? You are not in some way making peace with what was done against you. What you are doing is making peace with the pain that was caused and understanding that this person couldn't have caused it had he really known the love of God. There's no way he could be so mean and so miserable. Um, per your explanation and description, if he truly knew the love of God. So I would encourage you to do what Father asked me to do and pray for the desire. And if you can't pray for that, back it up. Pray for the desire to desire. If that's too close, one more. Desire to desire to desire until you find a place where you can gain some footing and pray from that place and let him move you forward. The other thing is, you know, as I I think that I shared as I was telling you my story there, um, you know, as I began to forgive him, you know, and move in that process, um, those chains that held me bound to that sin began to be stripped away. The, 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 The wound itself began to be healed. It took a long time, I have to say, for, for that wound to be completely healed. It, it really took decades, frankly. But the fact of the matter is that wound was healed through the mercy of God, uh, active, I think, within my heart on behalf of this person that had hurt me so deeply. So, you know, God's ways are, 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 are not our ways. 
Just meet him where you can meet him in this process and let the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, move you forward in this process. And it is that. It is a process. You you might also want to get a copy of my book, um, Experience Grace and Abundance, 10 Strategies for Your Spiritual Life. There's two chapters in there, one on practicing forgiveness, and it really takes you into a deeper explanation than I can do for you here today on radio, a deeper explanation of what that process is like. And it gives you some really tremendous examples of heroic forgiveness, which is what I think you're involved in here. And then there's another chapter uh, that, that is beneficial, uh, though I'm not sure it's applicable to you in this situation, uh, but it may be in another or at some time, and, and certainly for one of you out there, may be very important. It's, you know, asking for forgiveness. How do we ask for forgiveness when we've been the one who's done the hurting? Um, yeah, so it gives, it gives you some insight. I hope that's helpful for you, honey. And, and I can tell you what I will do. Um, I haven't prayed my rosary yet this morning. Uh, I will tuck you into my rosary today and I will pray for you. I, I will hold you there. This is Thursday. Um, I'll put you right into that third mystery. Uh, and and ask our Lord that, uh, you know, that third mystery is on the uh, propagation of the gospel, you know, the pro- proclamation of it, uh, and and uh, the, the, the call to repentance. I will pray that those words of sacred scripture that our Lord gives to us on forgiveness uh, will be, will resonate with your soul and begin this process for you. Okay? Janet, thank you so much. You've already started my healing. Oh, um, sweetheart. I... I have, when I, the Lord gave me some intentions when I became Catholic, um, and the third decade of rosary is where I be with people, um, um, God named it, those who need a special touch from me. So I really appreciate that. And um, I just want to say, uh, you know, we were married 45 years, but I honestly have never regretted the fact that I chose Catholicism. I listened to a show on EWTN, Take Me with Jerry and Debbie by accident. I couldn't get any other radio station. And I heard immediately, this is the truth, Mary is your mother. Do you remember Bible study you did seven years ago where you took us your life first, John 2, 5? Do whatever he tells you, this is what I'm telling you. So I haven't never regretted that. I so love you, Debbie I love you, and thank you so very much. Thank you, Tricia, and God bless you, honey, and I'm praying for you, and I know others are too. So uh, may God be thank praised. You. The Holy Spirit is wonderful, and he works in so many so many marvelous ways in our lives. Keep in touch with us, Tricia. We're here for you, honey. God bless you now. 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That is the way that you can join us today. Perhaps you have some advice that you can give to Tricia. And I had that little question, uh, uh, you know, in my mind to ask you today, what, what is the best piece of advice that you ever received? What is the best piece of advice that you ever received, perhaps maybe listening to um, my conversation with Trisha and her conversation with me, uh, maybe your best piece of advice had to do with this very topic. Give us a call and let us know. I was thinking about uh, this morning a, a very good piece of advice that that I was given by uh, Doug Keck, who is the president of EWTN. Uh, he gave it to me several years ago. I was in his office. We were talking about something, and I don't know uh, how it led to this, but he looked at me and he said, you know, Johnette, one thing that I have learned in all of my years of management is that there is there are probably 40 ways to do one thing right. <laughs> 
And I can't tell you how many times that particular piece of advice has come to my mind in various kinds of circumstances and situations. When something is done, not the way that I would do it. I remind myself there are probably 40 ways to do this a right way, right? Sometimes uh, we uh, allow ourselves to fall into very narrow thinking, (laughs) thinking that uh, is coming from our own perspective only and is not wide enough to incorporate into it somebody else's perspective. So bear that in mind today. There are probably 40 ways to do something right. (laughs) Good advice. Maybe you have got some good advice. Maybe you've got some good advice for Tricia. Uh, You know, I think that uh, we today grow uh, by having these kinds of holy conversation. It helps for us to uh, stay on that way that leads to the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, right? Uh, There are lots of different uh, kinds of, of situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in, and we don't know quite which way to go. But as we come together here as the mystical body of Christ, the Holy Spirit shows up. And Jesus Christ says that when two or three are gathered in his name, he is there in our midst. So he is indeed with us today. And I'm looking for that piece of advice that has been so instrumental in your life, maybe in your life of prayer, maybe in your relationships with others, uh, maybe in your professional setting. Uh, that was the situation with me talking to Doug. Uh, so you, you never know. You never know. Uh, but when we hear that voice of God, when somebody says something and ooh, it just does a zinger in us, then we know that this is a word for us to hold on to. And I uh, do believe that um, uh, we have that opportunity to share these moments with each other. 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That is the way that you can join us today. Uh, We invite you also to join us out there at EWTN Radio's social media platforms of YouTube and Facebook. Chat feature there. Put in your question, comment, insight, inspiration, or word of encouragement. Uh, We will retreat it and get it up on the board and I'll be able to address it. Christine is with us. She says she's not going on because she thinks she knows everything. (laughs) Well, I don't quite understand that. Uh, You know, what about that? You know, I know everything. Well, you know, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Pride goeth before the fall. And one thing our Lord is about is wanting us to spend eternal life with him in heaven, right? So the fact of the matter is he's going to humiliate us. We think we know everything. Guess what's going to happen? He's going to show us a thing or two that we don't know. And it's generally going to be witnessed by others. So, Christine, you know, nobody knows everything. Only God knows everything. All of us should always be in a posture of learning and discovering (laughs) and coming to a greater knowledge that will never be exhausted or could ever never be attained in this life. More on the other side of the break, 833-288-EWTN. Join in on the conversation. The Women of Grace phone lines are open. 1-833-288-EWTN. 
288-EWTN, 1-833-288-3986. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Johnette Williams. Very happy to be with you today. I'm inviting you to join us here. Yes, I am. I've got a toll-free number for you. It's 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Just pick up the phone and give us a call. We're eager to hear from you today. We love taking your calls. If you're a first-time caller, please do let us know, and we'll ring our bell for you to welcome you for your debut right here on Women of Grace Live. In addition to that, we are available for you out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. You can use the chat feature, and if you're a first-time submitter, let us know that too, because look, we'll do this again. We'll ring the bell for you as well. So I left you with a little question out there today. The question is, you know, what is the uh, uh, you know best piece of advice that that you received, <laughs> or a very good piece of advice? Maybe not the best, but a very good piece of advice that you received at some point in your life. Uh, we'll take uh, your comments on that, uh, as well as any questions that you might have on any other topic. Uh, so be sure to give us a call. Do want to mention to you, and I did at the beginning of the program, all of the wonderful things that we have going on at Women of Grace. I was telling you about Father Jordy's webinar that is going to, uh, and, and even if you don't want to do the book study, you can come to the webinar. I want to make that clear. But uh, it is a kickoff for a book study that Sue Brinkman will be leading uh, on on uh, Seasons of the Soul, a lovely book, short book, but very impactful book written by Blessed Conchita. Father Jordi Rivero uh, is, is a, a priest who knows her spirituality and knows it very well and very personally. Wonderful man. Many of you might know his name. Uh, he is going to be with us, and that's going to be on February the 19th. I was also telling you about the online webinar with Father Chris Alar uh, that is going to take place on February 27th. Really excited about this, too. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Father Alar is going to take us into a deep exploration of the divine mercy image. In fact, that is the name of the webinar, uh, divi- Dive into the Divine Mercy Image, a deep exploration. Uh, he was with us last year and began to talk with us about uh, the image, and he was unpacking things about the image that, you know, we rarely hear. Uh, and, and so it was so fascinating. We asked if he could come back and do this, and he's going to do a whole evening on that, and that is February the 27th. I want to bring your attention again to, uh, to uh, April 22nd, uh, and I know that sounds like it's a faraway uh, date, but it's not. Things Time moves so quickly. Here we are. We're almost to the middle of February already, and uh, we are going to be relaunching our Benedicta Institute for Women. It is a, a, with a spring week-long immersion at Our Lady of Florida Spiritual Center on the East Coast of Florida. Uh, Dr. Donald Wallenfang is our presenter. He is going to be unpacking through the course of this week uh, the answer to this question, who is woman? The journey from Eve to Mary. For those of you interested in a certification in Catholic women's leadership, uh, this will give you three equivalency uh, credits. All of the information about that certification is available for you at our website. Just click on Benedicta Institute. It will come up. The Benedicta Institute is an outreach of Women of Grace. It's named for St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, uh, also known as Edith Stein. Her philosophy of woman is the bedrock and the backbone of this institute. Uh, Dr. Wallenfang is an expert on Edith Stein, on her philosophy, as well as 
on her uh, spiritual uh, spiritual uh, 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 li- her spiritual life, but but her spirituality, which is that of the Carmelites. So we invite you to join us for this. If you have questions, you can call us. Uh, we are available for you. But all kinds of good things coming up there. We invite you to get out there and to check it out. Uh, we have Megan on the line. She is in Cleveland, Ohio, listening to us via The Rock. How are you, Megan? Oh, maybe Megan isn't ready for us just yet. She will be soon. So we will wait for a moment here and uh, we will take her call in just a second. Um, Anne out there on YouTube says, I was called a cannibal for believing that the Eucharist is Jesus. I didn't know what to say. How can I explain it to someone? Well, and you know, this is a, a an age old kind of argument uh, that people who choose not to believe the reality of what Jesus tells us in John 6 will use to stumble those of us who are Catholic. The fact of the matter is Jesus has given us through the bread and the wine and through the transubstantiation that takes place at the words of incarnation, his body, his blood, his soul, his divinity. And this is not just a symbol, but it is real and it is actual. In no way is this a cannibalistic action. It is not eating that crude flesh or blood that would come from the body. Of course, Jesus' body would not be that anyway. But it is this beautiful, unbloody offering that Jesus gives to us. So I would suggest that you get out there, do a little bit of apologetics on that. You can find ready answers for you on the internet. Just uh, uh, put in your question there and good answers will come up for you. But this is a uh, really and truly, this this is meant to be a conversation stopper. It's meant to uh, be a question that... uh, would uh, denigrate in some way, uh, seek to denigrate in some way, um, our belief in the real presence of our Lord Jesus Christ and to make what Jesus tells us in John 6 figurative or symbolic as opposed to real and actual. Jesus is very clear. Uh, So let us go back to Megan, a first-time caller out there in Cleveland, Ohio on The Rock. Hi, Megan. How are you? Hi. Thank you. I'm I'm well, um, you know, struggling and also well. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Thank <How> you. you? <laughs> Good. Sh- share with us what's going on, Megan. Well, um, I grew up Catholic and then um, left the church and kind of didn't care for a really long time um, and grew pretty far away. Uh, I'm in a relationship now and... Um, We've been together for almost five years, um, and we've been living together for the, the majority of it. Um, we've had a difficult time in our relationship with arguing, and um, um, at one point he said he wanted a Christian marriage, and I said, "Well, what the heck does that mean?" And you know, I my I was pretty my heart was pretty hard to it, hard into the idea, but. Um, I started looking into it, and then, you know, over time, the more I looked into it, the more I understood it, and it made perfect sense. So, um, um, now I'm in a situation where, oh, and also in that time, also, it it led me to come back to the church, and I 
um, have been back to church now um, in the church for about a year. It was just about a year ago. Um, and um, so now we are, you know, living chastely together, but it's challenging. I would like to get married, and I think ultimately he would too, but we've got this problem where we put the cart before the horse, and all the problems that come up that you're supposed to be, you know, um, uh, committed against, I guess you would say, and, and, and have the graces to combat, you know, with your commitment with God in between us. You know, I, now I'm trying to find the humility and the strength to to kind of give myself over to be living as if I have that in order to get there. Okay, so let, let's just, you know, obviously, here's the beautiful thing, Megan. You've come into the church, and you have an understanding now that living together, cohabitating, um, is, first of all, a mortal sin, uh, and second of all, not healthy for the relationship. Statistics prove right. that to be the case, right? So yes. you main- you're maintaining living together, but chastely. You're living as brother yes. and sister as opposed to husband and wife, which was a lie yes. because you were not. So I understand that. Yes. I-, I think that what you're not allowing yourself to enter into um, is the repentance and the grace of forgiveness that Jesus wants you to know for the sin that you had committed prior to coming into the faith and prior to a deep understanding and knowledge of him and how it is that he would have us interact together uh, as, as, as individuals uh, who are in love but yet not married and why that would be an affront to the sacrament itself. You have understanding of all of that now. I'm assuming, and maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm assuming that you have repented of your sin of immorality. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Okay. So, okay. So, um, what I would recommend that you consider, and I, I certainly don't know what the circumstances are in, in, in whole, but what I would consider is that if it's possible for the two of you to to stop cohabitating and to in a sense, enter back into, uh, you know, a right relationship in the sense of courting, that might be beneficial on all levels. First, it would it would uh, help with this temptation that you have uh, to act as husband and wife. It would help with that. Um, but second of all, it would help to reestablish a right priority in your relationship that still might not be completely there because though you are not acting as husband and wife, you are nonetheless still cohabitating. So it seems as though to reestablish a right order in that relationship can only be healthy for a marriage that may come forth from it. Um, I think that you do need to enter into that great mercy of God that is yours by way of the sacrament of reconciliation and allow that mercy of God to begin to reframe the way in which you look at this relationship with this man. But I think that striving to the best of your ability to put it back into right order would be the healthiest move that you could make spiritually as well as uh, in the natural dimension of, of striving to move forward to marriage. Um, so that would be my suggestion. If you uh, 
are plagued still by by uh, by a morbid guilt. You know, a healthy guilt is a good thing. You know, remorse for a sin committed is not bad. It's it's that remorse that helps us to prevent committing the sin again. We don't want to offend God, and that's a good thing. So we feel sadness in our heart. Uh, that we have offended him. The same as we would feel sadness in our heart if we looked back on a time when we offended somebody else and it hurt them deeply. We would have a remorse for that. That's healthy. That's good. That's called compunction. Uh, that that also can breed humility. Uh, you know, it can and it can grow that virtue within us. So that's not bad. But a morbid guilt, a morbid guilt is a guilt that holds us fast to the sin because we don't believe that God can forgive us for it. God has forgiven you. But now your actions must follow that, that gift of forgiveness that God has given to you. And I, I think I've outlined for you what might be uh, one good way to go. You know, it, I think it would probably be the, the, the most efficacious way to go. Does that help you, Megan? Thank you. Um, it, yeah, it does. It, it does. I, I have, you know, I have thought about that and been trying to explore ways to make it happen. Um, realistically separating um you know it's it's a huge challenge to um to separate out at this point so um so i i mean well at some point you'll have to make a decision yeah what and you know and and i mean if i may say this is a common this is a common uh uh response because many people today end up cohabitating because they say, well, it's cheaper to do that, and we're going to get married anyway. But here you are, you're five years down the line, and that hasn't happened. So my point is you, right. you have to test and see, is this, is this relationship the kind of relationship that leads to marriage? If you determine that it's not, then you, know, you ought not to be cohabitating anyway. Right. <laughs> you, know, you, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, you, you know, you, yes. <laughs> You know, so if it's not leading in that direction, uh, you know, at this point in time, then should you be in that relationship at all? Is is there, you know, more that God wants for you than that? My answer to that would be, yeah, uh, he would. He wouldn't want you to be living with a, a, a false hope or a misconception. So at some point, there has to be a decision made. Better to make it sooner than later. Is it going to be easy? No. It isn't. It's going to be more expensive. You know, that's on the face of it. But does expense justify, you know, the situation? And the answer to that is just on a pure, straight up moral level, no. Okay. So much. I appreciate it. You're welcome, honey. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for being open and hearing what I had to say. God bless you now. Bye-bye. We've got Jack with us. Jack is in Columbus, Ohio today at St. Gabriel Radio. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Johnette. How are you? (laughs) I knew it was you. (laughs) It took uh, me a minute. As soon as I realized where the call was coming from, I knew it was you, Jack. This is my husband, everybody. I'm sitting here with the entire team from St. Gabriel Radio in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and I just want to remind everybody, if you're listening to us today on an AM or FM station, please support that station. They're about a good work, and they're working hard for you, and uh, they're worthy of your support. So we're sitting here, Johnette, and we called the program because everybody here at St. Gabriel Radio wants to ask you if it is a burden at all living with someone as holy as I am. 
<laughs> well, I'm just going to give you a response, Jack, and that response is this. It takes a martyr to live with a saint. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good so, morning to everybody there at St. Gabriel Radio and to everybody that's listening to us in their listening area. <laughs> they're all saying, hey, they're all fans of yours, and uh, we are certainly fans of St. Gabriel Radio. Support your local Catholic radio station, and we'll let you answer other calls. <laughs> Thank you, honey. I'll see you later tonight. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Wasn't that a little surprise for me? I, if you're out there uh, on EWTN Radio's YouTube channel or Facebook page, you could probably see I'm blushing as pink as my sweater. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that Jack. Oh, I never know what he's going to do. Well, let's move on. Let's get to Ed. He's in Gadsden, Alabama this morning. Good morning to you, Ed. How are you? Well, I am above ground and sober, so I am doing really good today. God well, that's to fantastic. That's fantastic. So happy that you're listening to us via Guadalupe Radio Network. So what's going on? Well, you you asked about the most important statements that we have had. Yes. And I got sober in AA, and then later on down the road, I ended up becoming a Catholic. But anyway, the the two best things of advice that I was ever given was uh, you you don't have to attend every argument that you're invited to. And the other one was, take care of the fool in the mirror and leave the rest of the fools alone and you'll be okay. Say that last one for me again, Ed. Take care of the fool in the mirror and leave the rest of the fools alone and you'll be okay. (laughs) Can can I make a comment on on the last caller you had about the lady that that was cohabitating? Because I've been in that quite often before, before I got right with the Lord. Okay, go right ahead. Men, men in general like me, we want all the benefits of marriage without any responsibility. And women take on the responsibility without any benefits. And it's a shame, but, but that's, that's the way society has pushed everything. And, uh, you know, it's not that way today. My last wife, we, I stayed married with her for 12 years, and she finally OD'd. So today, I'm, I think it's best for me in society. I'm just going to stay single, and I'm not cohabitating either. God, God's been merciful to me on this journey. Well, Ed, you know, you give us some words of wisdom, both in those uh, little maxims that you quoted for us earlier, as well as what you're saying, uh, and, and you're speaking straight to us today. And that takes a real man. That takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage to come on and admit the mistakes that you've made in the past. It takes a big man to realize that they were mistakes and to own them. And it takes a big man to do something about them. And you're filling all of those shoes uh, with manly strength. And I appreciate what you're sharing. And I hope that every woman listening today, especially with the cohabitating piece, uh, hears what you're saying. Uh, and respects herself more than allowing herself to fall victim to that kind of a situation. So I thank you very, very much, Ed, uh, for manning up today and being with us. Uh, thank you so much, and, and congratulations on your sobriety. How many years is it for you? 7th of March, 1988. This Wonderful. year I will be celebrating 36 years. 
wonderful. Congratulations to you, Ed. That's a lifetime. Congratulations hey, to you. God's been good. Yeah. God's All the been time good. To me. Yeah. Amen. Well, we hear it. Ed, thank you very much. You've made my day. Bye-bye right. now. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's true. You know, to be able to look back and say, I have to own the mistakes I've made in the past, but I don't have to live in them in the future, and I can do something about them right now to get to that future. That takes real courage. We were talking about heroic virtue a little bit ago. That is heroic virtue. Let's get to Marion with us in central New York, listening to us via Station of the Cross. Good morning, Marion. Yes, good morning, Jeanette. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Well, um, I listen to you every once in a while. I'm, I'm honest. <laughs> and I, I don't listen to you every day, probably because of things, you know, the stuff I get caught up in. But um, when I heard the caller who called herself Christina and said that, well, oh, well, I know everything. Well, um, and, and then you were asking about advice and whatnot and what our best, you know, what advice and whatnot we've had. And somewhere, um, I, I'm in my 60s, but somewhere in my life, I maybe my mother, I don't know, I heard the phrase that says, love covers a multitude of sins. I'm not sure where it comes from, if it's scriptural or just a you know, euphemism, um, but definitely when it comes to forgiveness, um, I believe that. I've had to, for- well, I- I've forgiven someone who um, just about murdered my own daughter, and-, and actually she's still suffering terribly because of his abuse, but um, in the long run, I, I um, forgave this person and-, and-, and do forgive him. Um, and pray for his soul now because he's departed, um, and I believe it's love. And prior to that, I was sitting in God's house asking for, for God to take his life away while it was happening, and when I was really angry, I attempted to take his life myself. Oh, my but, goodness, um, Mary. Throughout the years, love won. Well, I am so delighted that love did win, Marion, and I'm so delighted that you have come to see that holding on to grudges and holding on to the, the, the sins that have been committed against us only causes us to enter into dire straits, and you've expressed that in, in the telling of your story today. Thank you for your prayers for this person. Continue to pray for him. Continue to seek God's mercy for him. And uh, this God will continue to work in you. One quick uh, word uh, to uh, the question that came in about uh, cannibalism. Uh, Catholic Answers has a great question, basically iterating what I said, uh, but giving a little bit more information as well. God bless all of you. Bye-bye now.